0: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app.
1: That's right. This is Matt Salmon, former congressman and Mike Broomhead's BFF, in to host the Mike Broomhead Show. I know I'm not as good as uh, the the, uh, real deal, but uh, you're stuck with me today. Uh, and on the line today with me, I have our former Secretary of State, uh, former State Senate President, current State Senator from the Prescott area, and a dear friend and somebody I respect greatly, also was the liaison with the State Senate uh, when it came to the uh, State Senate audit of the election, uh, remember with the uh, Cyber Ninjas, and uh, the big story today uh, everybody's talking about it is uh, how uh, Mark Burnovich, uh, former attorney general, uh, commissioned a full scale investigation on the election, and then withheld key findings uh, produced by his inv- his own investigators uh, to create a narrative that maybe wasn't so accurate. Ken, it's great to have you on the line today. Uh, can Can you tell us what your thoughts are about uh, the 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 news today on this, and also what your thoughts are? About- about the election process and maybe how we can even make it a little better.
2: Well, Matt, uh, thank you for having me on. Yes, yeah, very, very concerning to hear that um, evidence uh, was collected by the attorney general's office, um, and instead of being released at a time when there was a lot of question about whether the election was accurate. Uh, I mean, no election is ever perfect, so I don't, I don't know that we can expect uh, Attorney General Barnavich's office to. To ever say that you know the election was perfect, but if they had evidence that there was not uh, any level of fraud that would have changed the outcome of the election, I think those kinds of things need to come out uh, you know as soon as possible. And there was a lot of uh, concern at that time. That's why the Senate did the audit. Uh, I didn't work for the Cyber Ninjas. I was just the eyes and ears for the Senate, and we hand counted. ballots and counted the votes uh, between the presidential uh, contest, Biden and Trump, and we came out within 350 votes out of 2.1 million ballots of what the county results had shown several months earlier. So, whenever we have an election and it's very close or it's even disputed, uh, the facts need to come out, and if he had facts to confirm that the result of the election would not have changed, then it's too bad that didn't come out when it should have.
1: You know the frustrating thing, Ken, um, is that you know I was on the campaign trail as you were during that election, and a lot of our folks uh, in our party, um, you know, they, they were very very mistrusting about the election, and and I think that the, the uh, information that Bernovich passed on to people uh, further exacerbated those concerns and those worries, and maybe needlessly so, as you said, no election is ever perfect, and right. from time. Time to time, yeah, and, we, and this last election certainly wasn't perfect. There was a big debacle, uh, you know, in Maricopa County on election day with uh, a certain number of the printers uh, and not uh, not properly reading the ballots, and uh, whether they were software problems or paper size problems, whatever they were, uh, they shouldn't happen. Um, you know what's what's really interesting to me is is that you know around uh, the uh, the first of the. This, the new century, uh, you remember there was the issue of the hanging chads in Florida. Uh, remember, yes, yeah. remember, it got right down to the wire between Al Gore and uh, uh, President Bush. And the Supreme Court had to finally make the, the final decision, uh, and the epicenter of, of everything was uh, right there in, uh, in Florida, and uh, a lot of uh, people cast, castigating them for you know a, a mishandled election, a botched election. And after all these years, it seems to me that Florida probably has one of the best elections in the whole country. What can we learn from that?
2: Well, we can learn that um, we can always make something better, even though it's not perfect. And Florida had to make some real uh, changes to how they used to do elections. Uh, it, it really, what happened in Florida was probably the the one reason that caused Congress, and you may have been there when this happened, to pass the Help America Vote Act in 2001, I think it was, or two. And ten, hundreds of millions of dollars went out to all 50 states. Arizona got, I think, somewhere between 50 and $60 million alone. And we are constantly needing to be vigilant to make our elections better, um, even though they're, they're never going to be perfect, because humans aren't perfect and humans conduct elections. So mistakes get made. I mean, what happened just last year, and the Maricopa situation was, as you said, a debacle. I mean, you just cannot have uh, almost a third of your ballot printers uh, printing ballots that cannot be read by the the machines. And now it, it did point out one thing, and that is the machines that actually read and tabulate the ballots don't just read any piece of crap ballot that you stuff through it. And you can almost take some solace that... Our ballot tabulation readers are very precise, and the printers that print those ballots to go in there need to be set up correctly, as unfortunately they were not uh, in many cases. But we can learn that you can go from 2000, where Florida is the one with the black eye, and Arizona was known back then as having some of the best elections to the country right. in the country. And then 20 years later, it kind of flip-flopped and we're yep. the ones with the scrutiny uh, because we have a very close electorate in Arizona. And as you know from your race for governor, um, you only lost by 10,000 votes. Uh, President Trump only lost by 10,000 votes in a statewide election. And when races are very close, the scrutiny just expands exponentially. Of
1: course. You know, Ken, um, I've always been proud of of the job that you've done. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. when when you were Senate President, uh, everything and you had some very challenging circumstances. You were the President of the Senate under a, a governor of uh, the different party, uh, Janet Napolitano, and yet yes. you led with class and 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 you kept the trains moving on time. Um, I, I, I and and during this election, I, I remember hearing you on the stage because there were irresponsible candidates, irresponsible and uh. I mean, just you know playing to the base in a way that they shouldn 't have making promises that uh, if you elect me, I will decertify the election in uh, two thousand and twenty I will decertify it and and, and then we 'll get Donald Trump installed as the President of the United States. You accurately stated on the stage, there is nothing either in statute or the Constitution that even allows that to happen. And when you said that, you rose, you know, so high in, in my estimation as far as, you know, your, your statesmanship. And I want to thank you for, um, being the kind of individual that doesn't pander to, uh, the political sway, but, trying to just keep the facts straight and, and, and be truthful. I appreciate that.
2: Well, thank you, Matt. And uh, I moved Risen, in your uh, view, uh, there were others in our party who were mad as heck at me that I wouldn't parrot the same thing that others were parroting, which was, uh, there must have been, you know, we couldn't have possibly lost the election. There must have been fraud, and if we just uh, cancel it and redo it, uh, it'll all change. Um the evidence now that uh, apparently was collected by Brnovich's office and now released by Attorney General Mays' office confirms what we found in yeah. the audit. We hand-counted the ballots, and unfortunately, from, for our, you know, from our Republican perspective, unfortunately, Trump lost Arizona by a sliver. Um, you've known that feeling. There's been a lot of people who have lost elections by a sliver, and that's a It's especially important in those situations that if we have evidence to reassure the public that the election was done fairly or publicly, but fairly, and, and, and there's not enough fraud to change the outcome of the election, that information has to come out as soon as possible.
1: Yes, it is painful to lose close elections. I know that firsthand, having lost to Janet Napolitano by less than 1%. But at some point, you have to man up, put the big boy pants on, and think of the state instead of yourself. This is uh, Matt and for, with. And for the, go ahead. You
2: no, know, for that, I'll always be grateful to you, Matt, because uh, you showed ultimate class. Uh, in 2002 uh i I mean i was very excited knowing that i was probably going to be the new senate president and uh we had a republican house and uh we were very much looking forward to governor matt salmon and it just didn't quite happen but you you um put the state first and 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 took that loss and said we're going to move on even though i don't get to you know, be the governor. And that, and that was important at that time, and it's important again today, too.
1: Well, thanks a lot, Ken, for being on the show. Keep the fight up and uh, do good things at the state Senate. Stick with us. This is Matt Salmon on KTAR. We've got a lot of interesting talk ahead.
0: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hi,
1: this is Matt Salmon, and for Mike Broomhead, you are with me on KTAR, not for the faint of heart. So, um, we had this horrible spill in Ohio. Where a train got derailed and toxic spill, hazmat, all the, the accoutrements. And uh, it's been a debacle from day one. We've had a big scuffle going on. Between a U.S. Senator from Florida, Rubio, and our uh, Secretary of Transportation, Buttigieg. And let me just read a couple of the tweets that have come back and forth. We heard from Senator Rubio last week who had some pretty strong words about this incident. Uh, He said, first that Secretary of State Pete was MIA on the derailment. Then he lies to the media claiming my 221 uh, t- 2021 letter calling for more truck inspections was a letter calling for deregulation. The facts don't lie. The 2021 letter you signed was obviously drafted by railroad industry lobbyists. It supports waivers that would reduce visual track t- inspections. That was uh, Buttigieg back at, at Rubio. And then uh, Rubio went on to call him am a liar. So Buttigieg has been in the hot seat. You might remember a lot of people were critical about uh, Rubio taking family leave time. Uh, he uh, and, 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 I, and his husband, I believe, adopted a child. And he took, uh, I think, the maximum time that he possibly could. Uh, since he wasn't covered like the other employees in the Department of Transportation, uh, he was granted that permission from the president. Not, I'm not beefing on the Family Leave Act or even saying that he shouldn't have gotten it, uh, but there were criticisms that were made by folks that believe our transportation system is incredibly uh, vulnerable at times, and we need somebody on uh, 24-7. And so I remember Senator Tom Cotton uh, came out and was very, very critical of him, and others were as well. But anyway... Um, He's in the hot seat, and he hasn't visited the site yet. There's rumors that he might be visiting in the next day or so. Uh, But uh, voila, well, he's taking all this heat. And then recently there was a a video that went viral, a YouTube video that went viral about a young uh, reporter that tried to interview him. And he got snarky with her, and it it didn't make uh, good old Pete look very good. Uh, And uh, anyway, so— Uh, It went viral, and and he's in the hot seat, not looking good, taking all kinds of heat uh, in a bipartisan way across the board for uh, not really handling the situation. And you might remember he took a lot of heat also uh, when the airlines, particularly Southwest Airlines, canceled a ton of flights and left people stranded and and the railway strike. And uh, he hasn't really handled any of these things very well. It's, it's kind of been one debacle after another. And then enter into the picture, Donald Trump decides to show up at uh, the Ohio location and kind of lets him off the hook. Uh, the fact is that uh, Donald, Trump, uh, go, his, uh, Donald Trump's visit to the site of the toxic train derailment is offering a political opening to battered Biden administration officials. This is from Politico. Uh, and why is that? Because it gave them the opportunity to come back and attack Trump, saying the Trump administration withdrew an Obama-era proposal to require faster brakes on trains carrying highly flammable materials, ended rail. ...safety audits of railroads, and mothballed a pending rule requiring freight trains to have at least two crew members. He also placed a veteran of the chemical industry in charge of the EPA, Chemical Safety Office, where she made industry-friendly changes to how agencies studied health risks. So, never lead it to uh, uh, Republicans sometimes to snatch defeat out of the mouth of victory. Uh, Pete Buttigieg was on the rails, uh, but now uh, they've uh, started uh, bringing Donald Trump into the mix. This is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead. Stick with us. we got a lot more interesting talk radio.
0: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app.
1: Good morning, Arizona. This is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead on KTAR. And uh, we have no shortage of incendiary rhetoric uh, coming from some of our politicians, but this one uh, is coming from the nation's capital. Uh, She is a U.S. House member from Georgia. Her name is Marjorie Taylor Greene. And she's touched a nerve across the political spectrum this week for her call for a national Divorce. No, she's not calling for those uh, happily married people to uh, get up and get divorced. Uh, She is basically uh, echoing the uh, national history surrounding secessionism. What is secessionism? Well, think back to the Civil War, and the Southern states seceded from the Union, and uh, then after the Civil War, a law was passed to say that that could never happen again. So it's not even possible. But uh, Green's call for the U.S. to be split up into two nations of red and blue states has infuriated members of both parties while giving Republicans an unwanted headache. It's kind of interesting because she hails from Georgia uh, if it's a separation of red states and blue states since uh, both of the U.S. senators from Georgia are Democrat. Remember, they were lost in the last election uh, last two election cycles uh, they were two republican senators before that but now it's both democrat senators and all eyes were on georgia does that make that state a red state or a blue state so which uh if we her national divorce as she posed actually uh was made good where would they be in the spectrum so utah governor spencer cox labeled the idea evil And uh, multiple GOP strategists told The Hill, that's a a, a publication uh, from Washington, D.C., that some on the right, right are staying quiet because they believe Green's comments were meant to get a reaction and to help fundraise. And so that's kind of the issue that I wanted to talk about. You know... Candidates can, a lot of times, can be taken with just a real grain of salt because a lot of times they're not about even trying to uh, really push an idea. They're really trying to push their ability to fundraise. And I can think of uh, some candidates here in Arizona. Uh, Wendy Rogers uh, comes to mind. Uh, She has raised money from all over the country in small donations, promising to do certain things with the election that, by the way, would never, ever uh, get a signature by this governor, even if by some miracle it passed the House and Senate. She's raised um, $2.5 million, at least that was in the last reports I saw, $2.5 million to be a state senator. And she's raised it from these same kinds of – throwing out these same kinds of kooky ideas like Marjorie Taylor Greene has on uh, uh, splitting the country up into red states and blue states um, and uh, raising all kinds of money off of it. And I I just really, really believe that uh, uh, it ought to be buyer beware when you get these political fundraising notices from people. And uh, you you might remember there are – Some avenues where people make a contribution, Uh, I think one of the organizations was WinRed, and then once you make a contribution, it kind of hooks you in forever, you know, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, Unbeknownst to you, you're hooked... Uh, in installments paid monthly over multiple years until you cancel it. Uh, And so a lot of these these politicians, and it's happening both on the left and the right, it just happens that this particular politician, Marjorie Taylor Greene, happens to hail from the right. But I want those of you out there that are in the sound of my voice, that buyer beware when you get this kind of uh, uh, these kind of political uh, fundraising appeals. I'm going to go do X, Y, or Z. If it sounds too good to be true or too crazy to be true, it probably is. And then you think about uh, the, the former uh, candidate for governor, Kerry Lake who has raised millions and millions of dollars uh, fighting uh, against uh, the last election, governor's election, where she uh, lost by 17,000 votes, and uh, Governor Katie Hobbs was installed as the new governor, and she's been uh, out there uh, in the fundraising trail raising millions of dollars uh, so that she can fight this lawsuit. Well, for one thing, uh, two courts already have... uh, Given the thumbs down, uh, the court of original jurisdiction said, no, you have no evidence of any kind of uh, fraud or uh, untoward election. Uh, and then the appellate court uh, upheld the same thing, uh, said you have no el- no uh, actual evidence uh, proving any kind of wide-scale fraud or uh, how the election would have been uh, different uh, if uh, the election had been handled differently. And she vows to take it to the Supreme Court. Folks... Look, I just want to make it very, very clear uh, that you have political people that have figured out where hot buttons are with people, and they come in— with uh these wild uh statements of things that they're going to do and they have no intention of ever uh, seeing those things through uh it, it's just about raising money and uh folks uh we have enough problems with our political system uh that uh we 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 shouldn't add to it uh this kind of a uh this kind of a serious serious problem in our political process so i would encourage all of you to really think twice uh, before you make contributions on something you think sounds a little bit impossible, because if it sounds impossible, it probably is impossible. And, uh, you know, I, I ran for governor back in 2002 and lost in one of the, cl- actually, uh, numbers wise, it was closer than Kerry Lake's election. I lost by uh, 10,000 votes. I believe she lost by 17,000 votes. Uh, I was really unhappy with the outcome of that election, too. Sure I was. I wanted to win. And I heard stories and rumors and here- Say about uh, election fraud that went on. But after all said and done, you have to be able to prove it in a court of law. And that's the way our American jurisprudence system works. If you don't have evidence to prove things in a court of law, you need to put up or shut up. And so, folks, uh, as we go forward, let's make sure that we're electing people that are honest and forthright and people that actually mean what they say and say what they mean. This is Matt Salmon with KTAR. Please stick with us. Interesting
0: talk radio. values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app.
1: Good morning, Arizona. This is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead. And recently, the former governor of South Carolina, the UN ambassador under Donald Trump, and a very, very... Large force to be reckoned with politically. Nikki Haley announced that she would be running for president of the United States. And immediately on the heels of her announcement for president of the United States that CNN bozo Don Lemon had this to say.
3: This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that, I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime, sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's talk, ac- wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? I, it depends, I and mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll say, if you, look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s, and 40s. I don't necessarily 40s. Have, oh,
2: I got another I agree
3: with that. So I think she has to be careful <laughs> About saying that you know politicians aren't in their I prime. you need to age qualify.
2: Age. Are you talking about prime for like childbearing, or are,
0: just are you just
2: talking about the prime drum, for just being say president?
3: What the facts are: Google it. Everybody at home. When is a woman in her prime? It says twenties, thirties, and forties. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime, and they need to be in their prime when they serve, because she wouldn't be in her prime according to Google, you know, Google, or whatever it is.
1: Holy cannoli, this guy, is he for real? I mean, this guy said on CNN that women are past their prime in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. Anyway, well, I and, and if you want proof, Google it, because Google, after all, is the font of all knowledge, and Google never, ever has anything that's uh, inaccurate. Everything on Google is accurate. In fact, it's more accurate than the Bible, not, come on, guys! Why are we tolerating this kind of adult? I mean, this kind of misogyny uh, coming out of a, a a CNN newscaster. This guy should be ridden out of CNN on a rail. I mean, this guy shouldn't have said uh, shouldn't shouldn't be allowed. Not only not on to be, be on TV. I I I wouldn't put him on radio. I wouldn't put him anywhere. This guy is, uh, is a bozo. But anyway, don't, uh, don't just uh, listen to my opinion. Allison Butler, uh, her uh, write-up, her opinion piece goes like this. Don Lemon still gets it wrong. His non-apology for sexist comments is what not to do. After the uproar... Over his declaration that women in general and former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations and 2024 Republican Party presidential candidate Nikki Haley in particular are past their prime after their 20s, 30s and maybe 40s, CNN co-host Don Lemon offered an apology light. She goes on to give advice. Don, buddy, let me woman explain something to you. Apologies are not about intention. Apologies are not about what you did or did not mean to do. Apologies are about acknowledging and owning an action that was wrong and ideally taking steps not to repeat said action. Nobody actually wants to hurt or offend feels, uh, feels uh, the need to apologize. And then uh, he, he uh, later on said that I have a lot of women that i'm very very close with well come on what kind of comment is that Uh, claiming that you're close to women and therefore not sexist borrows from the same tropes as white people claiming they're not racist because they have black friends it just doesn't fly and he should understand that better than anybody and she goes on to say um i'm here to tell you it is sexist, it is a form of censorship, and it's definitely not an apology. The bottom line is you did hurt, you did offend. It was clear from your co-host's immediate reaction that uh, to which you responded only a misogynist would by talking over them and decrying, don't shoot the messenger, I'm just saying the facts. Google it. This guy is a clown and he should resign or should be fired from CNN. What a joke. And uh, uh, These are the guys that are always telling everybody else how to be more inclusive gee whiz folks hey this is matt salmon for the mike broomhead show stick with us a lot more talk that you're gonna love
0: strong values and strong opinions the mike broomhead show ktar news 92.3 fm and the ktar news app hey there everybody it's
1: matt salmon in for mike broomhead If you listen to my last tirade, it was about uh, that clown at CNN, Don Lemon. Uh, who, uh, in his misogynist way, uh, basically dissed uh, a very, very prominent uh, political figure, Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, former U.N. ambassador under Donald Trump, and uh, somebody that's earned a lot of credibility, somebody that's pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps. And what I find particularly offensive is this is from a guy that loves to throw bombs and grenades. Uh, I'm saying that hyperbolically, by the way. I don't... believe he really does throw uh, things that blow up on people. Uh, But the fact is that he constantly is challenging conservatives for being homophobic, for being racist, uh, because of statements they made. And some, a lot of times I listen to those statements, and I'm going, where did he come up with that? But here he is, holier than thou, when it comes to the uh, inclusive uh, language that's supposed to be employed by people, uh, their public figures. And he's out there saying that women are in their prime. Uh, in, she's past her prime. That's what he said about Nikki Haley. She's past her prime. Women are in their prime. Their prime in their 20s, 30s, maybe 40s. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, go ahead and Google it. Uh, you know, that's one of the re- most ridiculous things that I've ever heard in my life. Go ahead and Google it. What does that prove? Uh, but anyway, um, I was reading this piece by Alison Butler, An Opinion, and I thought it was really, really well done. Uh, she recommended uh, maybe a better way of saying I'm sorry. And hopefully you're listening to this, Donnie Boy, because uh, this would have been a much better way uh, to handle yourself than to uh, basically say that uh, you know we go ahead and look at google a more accurate and respectful apology could have been i'm sorry with my statement and my actions where i communicated a sexist trope and engaged in the misogynist behavior of talking over my female co-host and abdicated responsibility i hurt and i offended people as a bonus if you intend to make a change i want to i need to learn how to do better and then she said, "By the way, after your comments, I took your advice. I Googled, as per your director, when is directive? When is a woman in her prime?" I did not find any factual evidence casually connecting a woman's age with her success at work in the arts. Education, politics, science, medicine, space exploration, mountain climbing, child rearing, friendship fostering, philanthropy, charity, meal planning, laundry, doing stargazing, dog walking, vegetable gardening, beach going, TV watching, or any other myriad of things that women do all the time. So let's... I think more than anything else is we want our public figures not to just talk the talk and walk the walk. I think what we disdain more than anything is hypocrisy. Like when Nancy Pelosi was out uh, telling everybody that they needed to wear masks and then there was footage of her uh, getting her hair done, not wearing a mask, or Gavin Newsom uh, having lunches with friends uh, when everybody else the the, the unwashed masses uh, couldn't get together during COVID times. We want our political leaders and our leaders Uh, through uh, the media process to be what they say they are and to not just talk the talk but walk the walk this is Matt Salmon